You're watching KCMI TV. Well, thank you for joining me. And I, first of all, I want to say Happy New Year. And uh, I believe that we are in the middle of God doing something divine. And so I want to talk to you today about, uh, I've read this passage of scripture many times and preached on it, but uh, in prayer this last few days, part of it jumped out to me and, and I can't get it out of my spirit. And I think it will be an encouragement to you. So I want to read a few verses out of the book of Matthew, uh, the 14th chapter. And uh, we're going to pick up right after Jesus has fed the 5,000. And verse 22 of Matthew 14, it says, and straightway, and that just simply means immediately or without delay. Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, and it's tossed with waves, and the wind is very contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Um, in, when this story starts out, it, it says that immediately after Jesus had, had finished feeding the 5,000, besides women and children, so a lot of theologians believe there's somewhere around 20,000 people that Jesus fed, says that he looked at his disciples and he constrained them to get into a ship. And that it just simply means he is, he is insistent that they go get in a ship. This was not their idea. And the Bible very plainly just says that it was Jesus's idea. And he said, I need you to get into the ship. And he said, go before me. I'm coming over there. But he said, I need you to go before me and get to the other side. And once they, they got in the boat, this Bible says that Jesus uh, went into a place apart and he began to pray and he prayed there until evening. In the midst of this, the disciples encounter a storm that uh, is a great storm, and it begins to drive them, and the possibility of, of dying is very, very strong. I want to, I want to, what the part that really got a hold of me is the scripture says that after Jesus sent them away, and even though he he was divine. Jesus understood the future. He could see things in the future. So he knew they were getting ready to encounter a storm. And he sent them away and they got in the boat and, and they leave. And um, Jesus begins to pray in the evening time. And as I, as I read that, uh, it began to come up in my spirit. What was Jesus praying about? And this is what I really believe that God dropped in my spirit concerning this passage of Scripture. I believe that Jesus began to intercede for his disciples 
because he knew they were getting ready to encounter a storm that could take them out. And all of a sudden you have here the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he is a part in a place by himself and he begins to pray. We know he was prone to prayer. Uh, the Garden of Gethsemane was a place that, that he made a habit of going and praying. But I, I, want to, I want to tell you this, and we don't realize this many times. We, uh, we get in storms that exceed our ability to navigate them. When you get in a storm that exceeds your ability to manage it, that's when your faith has to exceed your storm. And what gets us in trouble many times is that we try to manage the storms that we're in with natural means. And there are seasons where there's nothing in the natural that you can do that's going to extricate you out of the difficult place that you're in. It's going to take faith that exceeds everything else. Your faith has to be able to exceed your storm. And so Jesus, he sends his disciples over and, and for years, when I would think of the disciples, I thought of guys, you know, 40, 50 years old and uh, seasoned fishermen and all of that, but they weren't. When you go back and you study the disciples, uh, uh, most of the theologians all agree on this one point, that the disciples, most of them were teenagers, late teens, when Jesus called them to be a disciple. And you think about this. They, their act of faith and trust in Jesus was amazing because most of them, they're, they're already employed. We know Peter uh, and, and, and John and James and Andrew, uh, they, were, they were fishermen. They worked for their father. So, you know, you have, you have a, a teenage boy who is working for his dad. His dad has great influence over him. And along comes Jesus, and he just simply says, I need you to follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And these young men told their dad, I'm leaving the family business, and I'm going to follow this man. They didn't even know him. That shows you there was something about Jesus that got a hold of people when they met him. And so Jesus, I really believe this, felt very responsible for these disciples, these young men. And when he looked at them, they, they were green. Um, they'd never been in what we would call Bible college. They weren't scholars, they weren't scribes. They just were young men who wanted to be with Jesus. And so now Jesus insists that they get in a boat and they cross the sea. And the scripture, uh, says that it's a this storm really hits in its intensity in the fourth watch of the night or uh, when you look this up the fourth watch of the night literally means three o'clock in the morning three o'clock in the morning is generally the darkest time of the night how many times have you and i had a storm hit us in the very darkest time of our night so you have these disciples now these young men they're in this boat 
and this storm has hit them. The wind is contrary. It's swirling around, and it's 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 tossing their boat around, and they're terrified. They're afraid that they're they're going to drown. They don't have their seasoned dad in the boat to tell them, "Look, guys, I've been on this on the Sea of Galilee for years, and and this is what we're going to do." They're on their own, but on the shore, Hallelujah. Jesus went to prayer, and I believe he started praying for his disciples. I want to I encourage you. I want this to really get in your spirit. I don't care what kind of storm you're in. Jesus is praying for you. You say, well, I, I don't know that. Well, I want to read you a verse. Uh, this is out of the book of Hebrews, chapter 7. And this is in uh, verse 25. It says, Wherefore, speaking of Jesus, he is able to save us to the uttermost or to any extreme, whatever storm we're in, he is able to save us that come unto God by him. This is what I want you to hear. Seeing that Jesus ever liveth to make intercession for them. So we know this in Ephesians, and I think it's the first or second chapter. It says that Jesus is right now in heaven, and he is sitting, sitting on the right hand of the Father. But he's not sitting idly. We know at the cross, when Jesus, right before he uttered, before he, he drew his last breath, he said, it is finished. That He was speaking of the plan of salvation. But Jesus is not just sitting in heaven doing nothing, but right now, the Bible says he is forever living to make intercession for you and I to the Father. So whether you have cancer or you're in the middle of divorce or you've lost a child or you're facing bankruptcy when you're in the will of God, can I tell you that right now it may seem like God, this storm has hit me in the darkest time of my night, and I don't know what to do. Right now, hallelujah, in heaven, Jesus, hallelujah, oh my goodness, he's making intercession for you. And when you go back just uh, a couple of chapters, I love this verse. This is in the fourth chapter of Hebrews. It says, we have a high priest that is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. We, we have a tendency to think that, well, Jesus is in heaven, and so, you know, he's separated from where we're at, but that's not true. Right now, whatever difficulty you're in, Jesus can feel it. He is our high priest, and he is forever, hallelujah, being touched by the pain that you and I are going through. And oh my, if, if we can somehow get this in our spirit as we navigate our, our life, that 24 hours a day, I can't think of, you know, when you go through different things and um, that really overwhelm you, a lot of times you'll call somebody that that you have confidence in spiritually and you was, and you'll ask them, I was wondering if you'd pray for me. I'm having a hard time. 
But see, there's somebody greater than Moses here. There's somebody greater than Solomon. It's Jesus. And Jesus right now in heaven is making intercession for you and me. And after he got done praying for them, he shows up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and what is he doing? He is walking. His ability exceeded the storm, and he is walking on top of what is terrifying the disciples. And when they saw him, they thought it was a spirit. The Bible said they were terrified until he said, hey, guys, it's me. It's all right. I've just come out of prayer for you, and we're going to get to the other side. I think of, uh, I think it's in, let's see if I have it written down. Uh, it's in Luke, the, the 22nd chapter. And uh, Jesus looked at, at Peter before Peter ever went into the storm of his life where he is going to deny Christ three times. And Jesus looked at him. He said, Peter, he said, the devil wants to take you out. He wants to sift you as wheat. But he said, son, and remember this, Peter is just a young man, maybe 18, 20 years old. Jesus looked at him. He said, son, he said, I've already prayed for you. And he said, your faith is not going to fail. Now listen, he, his flesh failed. But his faith, hallelujah, brought him to repentance. I want to encourage you that, oh my, some of the storms that some of you are in right now, and the storms that the church is in even right now, and the storm that our nation's in politically, and this young generation with all of the confusion over is there a God and sexual identity and the racism that we have, not just in, in the world, but in the church, these storms that we're encountering. I want to declare to you by the Holy Ghost, we are coming out of these. Why? Because Jesus, hallelujah, has been in prayer and he has been interceding for you and I. And I can tell you this, when Jesus prays, hell becomes quiet and heaven is open because he is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. So the rest of today or tonight as you listen to this podcast, I want you to start thinking in terms of I am not alone, but Jesus in heaven right now is talking to the Father about me, and I will come out of this. Well, I pray this has been a, a blessing to you and an encouragement. Um, care about you very much. And uh, this is going to be a wonderful year. If you didn't get to hear uh, the prophetic word of the Lord, uh, December 31st, you can go to regenerationnashville.org and boy, God is really encouraging about some wonderful things that he's declared are gonna happen now, not next year, but we are in the middle of God doing something sovereign and divine. So be strong in the Lord. i see you next week. For more information about Kent Christmas Ministries International or Regeneration Nashville, go to kentchristmas.org or regenerationnashville.org.